And welcome to the Brothers Ramble. I'm Troy. And I'm Andy. And this is the continuation yes. of our interview and podcast with our elder brother, Guy, who has made his way down from Washington. Yep. The Emerald State. The Emerald State. And you have been up our there for how State. long now? Uh, close to 13 years. 13 years. Wow. Now, have you been in that one specific city the whole time? Where was the first place you... Close. Um, yeah. Tacoma mm-hmm. was where I moved initially. Yeah. Um, I live in a little town, a little tourist town called Gig Harbor, which is just west of Tacoma. Hmm. And okay. I've been there for most most of the, the 13 years. Nice. All right. Is that on the coast? Are you like right on the, how close are you to actual No, ocean? we're, well, <clears throat> I call it the ocean. Yeah. But the locals and Becky tells me, no, this isn't the ocean, but I'm like, <laughs> it's connected to the ocean. So I'm sure you've heard of the Puget Sound. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's a series of channels and, and waterways. And when I say that, I mean, it's, it's, it's large, vast amounts of, of water. Yes. It's it's a very hilly uh, area, and all the basically all the lowlands are, you know, filled with with this with this water. Yeah, and it's directly linked to the ocean. So we get whales. Wow, we Holy get cow. orcas, like wow, that's on cool. a regular basis. There's actually a, a a significant group of orcas that live in the Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as transient whales that come in, they come in mm, through hobo whales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they come in, in uh, through a channel. I can't remember what it's called, but it's between uh, northern Washington and Canada. Mm-hmm. And then that that waterway just kind of makes its way south. And if you look at a map, it just looks like a a, a mass of of islands and um that's where we live so we're we're about two blocks away from that water which i consider the ocean i mean yeah, it I smells mean, like the ocean yeah there are seals there's ocean yeah. life there's in salmon it. Yeah. there's yeah. crabs things that you don't really see in a lake and if it's directly connected to the ocean why not yeah, yeah. i mean what, so, yeah as far as I'm concerned, it's the coast. It's <laughs> <laughs> like when I lived down in, in Mississippi when I was in Biloxi. Yeah. Right there on on the coast. Right. They call it the Gulf of Mexico. Like, right. no, it's it's the ocean. It's it, the ocean. It's pretty much yeah. Oh, no, it's the Gulf of Mexico. It just runs right into Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's no real connected. separation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So last episode, we talked a lot about your school career and early uh, jobs, and yeah, early jobs, growing up, all that. So let's get in kind of past school there. There's something I've always wanted to know that I've been curious about for years. It's about your mission. Oh boy. We're really getting into yes. it. <laughs> we're really getting into it. How... How did you pull that off? Because for those that don't know, <laughs> well, let you, me let me just let me just yeah. say this. Um, I don't want you to feel like there's anything here that is off the table. Okay, right now, granted, my my biggest concern 
is that my daughter is going to mm-hmm. be learning some things. <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, she's an adult now, and I feel like the experiences that I had have, have given me a, a vast perspective sure. on life, and, it, and it's shaped me into the person that I am today. So uh, I, want you, I want everybody to know that don't, don't feel like anything is off the table or offensive okay. or uh, anything of that nature. So. We appreciate that because I know we have been blunt yes. with everything we've yes. done. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so that that's good to hear. I mean, yeah, we don't want to tread anywhere where we, you know. So understood. Yeah. Just just to kind of set the table here, you you had a girlfriend at the time that you left on the mission, and <laughs> legend from, goes. Legend goes from what I've heard. She flew out to see you, and you flew home to see her. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. How? Because <laughs> being for somebody who has served a mission, like, you have somebody with you pretty much 24-7. Right. So I've always wondered, how did you do that? And, and my thing is, we always had other, what are called companionships, other, you know, two other missionaries that were always showing up. Mm-hmm. Or our quote unquote district leaders, zone leaders, and whatnot would just randomly appear. And uh, if we were gone for any length of time, that would be suspicious. Yeah. Yep. And so, <laughs> well, something of this nature takes a lot of pre planning, <laughs> <laughs> takes a level of uh, reckless boldness mm-hmm. that not everybody possesses <laughs> you've got to really really want to do this and and i'll i'll sort of set set the stage for what happened and why it happened um she, my girlfriend at the time who is now my ex-wife mm-hmm. um we had met just just after i just as i was at, uh, out of high school right and she was just getting into high school. Mm. So there was a bit of an age discrepancy there. I think it's about three and a half years. And um, we had had a pretty good connection. And and so I was, I was what, around 18 when we met. And I think we were together for about, I don't know, eight or nine months before mm-hmm. I left. Mm-hmm. And... So uh, it was it was kind of a foregone conclusion that we were going to that we were going to be married. Um I just knew that that when when I left that everything was was going to change. Right. Um from from the moment that I said my goodbyes and turned around and walked down the you know the the jetway to mm-hmm. the airplane. Uh, I ugly cried <laughs> from that moment all the way to Denver, which was about an hour and a half mm-hmm. flight, and then we connected to to something else. By the time I got to the mission, which was which was West Virginia, by the way, um, I was just shot. Yeah, and I think I was mourning the the death of my childhood. Right. Uh my innocence mm-hmm. um 
because I knew, I knew nothing was going to be the same. I knew coming back to this house, it would be different. And it was, right. It was. Sure. Um, and that weighed on me super heavy, uh, for the, for the majority of my mission, I was super homesick and it didn't help that my girlfriend, Jenny, um, was putting pressure on me to kind of call it quits early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she would tell me how lonely she was and she missed me so bad. And, um, it was just, it was just agonizing. Um, so she just wanted you back, start the life and let's let's do this. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know or remember that, that when, when I left, uh, she gave me a pillowcase with her. Yep. You remember that? I remember that. Yep. So that was sort of my my shrine, <laughs> and I was sort of known for that. Oh, that's the guy with the girlfriend pillow, girlfriend pillow. <laughs> the my pillow guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it it was really sad. <laughs> Looking back on it, the person I am now would have given the person I was then a super hard time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because it was just. Uh, embarrassing I mean I was so all in with her um, but okay so that sets the stage right. for, for what was going on I I became uh, super dejected because I had a, a companion that was just six months of complete misery mm-hmm. this guy was he he looked like an elf <laughs> He was short, <laughs> stocky. He was old. He was like 25 years old. Wow. And here we are, 19. Yeah. Uh, so he was way too old. He started way late. Um, but he, he, he smelled like an old man. <laughs> he would record himself reciting, you know, passages mm-hmm. in the Bible. And he would try to memorize them. Because I think he idolized one of these higher ups in the church. I've been so out of it for so long. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. Who this who this person was? Right. But it was one of the one of the leadership uh, er, uh, church leaders. Yeah. Who who was like well versed in in the Bible mm-hmm. and in the Book of Mormon and could yeah. recite all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he he wanted to be like this guy. <laughs> And he actually had told me that the nerve. <laughs> he actually told me that he had he had the the gift of prophecy and revelation. Wow. Okay. So this is how it all started. Oh, okay. Gosh. And you know, in all honesty, you could stop right there, and I'd think, no wonder you want to get on a plane and <laughs> yeah, get out. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. So absolutely. <laughs> And I and I think this is where my my authority problems began, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and certainly my problems with the church in general. But that's a whole other topic. Um, that's when things really started to go downhill because this this guy, just just as an example, uh, in terms of following the rules, um, we came across we were actually. Uh, on our way to, uh, he was his own leader, so we were on our way to to visit with some other missionaries, mm-hmm. right. and came across a family broken down on the side of the road, 
who we were uh, teaching. Yeah. Um, a man and his wife and their kids. He's desperately trying to get them to to get her to work and to get his kids to school. Yeah. And he's afraid that that if if she doesn't make the 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 job that she's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. It's a very poor state, a very yeah. poor community, oh, yeah. right. West Virginia. Um, and as we pulled up, you know, I'm sort of mechanically inclined. Yeah. And I've worked on my own vehicles. And, and so as we pulled up, I saw <laughs> this car wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The drive shaft, had, had, the link had actually broken. Oh, and the wow. drive shaft was, was laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I knew he was in bad trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, but the rule is you cannot have non-missionaries in yep. the car. Yep, in your car, yeah. And this guy refused to take these people. He begged us. He begged us, just please take my wife to work. I'll stay here with the car. I'll stay here with the kids. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do that. Um, Can I go get some tools maybe for you? And I'm just dying because yeah. i'm the i'm the junior partner right right so, right, right there's not a lot that that i could do but um he he left him there he left him there <laughs> just stranded stranded oh. and it was cold it was probably oh my gosh freezing right mm. right right um and that's where things <laughs> took a turn for me <laughs> in the world of religion and <laughs> authority and rules and the purpose of rules and and all that uh that's where things started um but anyway it was a long six months and Mm -hmm. there was a huge falling out over over that issue because he actually had the nerve to go back to those people and knock on the door like everything was fine right like nothing happened oh wow and at that point i'm assuming they they no longer oh yeah had an yeah, interest they and they actually said you know we feel like you know you claim you're men of god we feel like men of god wouldn't have just left us there like that and i said no. i 100 percent agree yeah and i said and if it was me things would have panned out uh, a lot different yeah. but i i didn't have a choice in the matter and he was livid that i didn't you know sort of back him up right wow he was just livid and i was livid back at him yeah, I said that these people have every right to be upset. Oh yeah, with you, um, because there's just no excuse. Mm-hmm. There's just no excuse. This right. isn't what we teach. Right to follow the rules at the peril of of other people. Um, he just didn't get it. Right, he just didn't get it. Wow. Um, so I was with him for six months, and I got to the point where I was just uh, I had had enough. Mm-hmm. I called called up mom i said i'm done <laughs> i've done what i can do out here i'm finished I, I i miss home i miss the girlfriend um she actually called the mission president's wife and i'd had a uh not a great relationship with the mission president anyway <laughs> um but she loved me mm-hmm so <laughs> it's a whole other story. I could go on and on for weeks with some of this stuff. But they had, they she had decided let's get you away from this guy and we'll we'll put you with uh, uh, somebody else. And, and this other guy that I ended up with was just night and day 
Mm -hmm. I mean, he actually, when I got to him, he actually had stubble. Mm -hmm. Okay. Supposed to be clean shaved. Yeah. yeah, His hair was kind of long. He was more or less a hippie. Mm -hmm. He was a rock climber. He was just completely mellow and relaxed and completely opposite of this other guy. He had blue glasses. (laughs) I just idolized the guy. I I just thought he was the coolest thing since sliced bread. Uh, And he really helped me, you know get past this this hump um of despair (laughs) (laughs) but after about being out for about a year um i don't know how or why but i came up with the idea that why don't i just come home really quick Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go back right (laughs) at the time i was in a remote location I was a district leader, so we didn't have any other missionaries within two hours from mm, and I okay. was the basically the guy in charge anyway. Yeah, right. So I had arranged and and Jenny's mom was the financier of, of this. She had <laughs> oh, some wow. sort of money in savings that yeah. she decided to buy the plane ticket and I was gone for a total of 28 hours. Wow. So it was very quick. <laughs> and it was overnight, so it was rough. Right. So the only time that we could spend together was um, from like midnight until morning. And then I had to jump back on a plane and <laughs> right, right, right. fly back to the mission. Wow. So you were, you were with this uh, rock climber hippie dude at the not time? Not at the time. Or not that time? Okay. This was afterwards. Okay. Um, All right, right, right. We had opened up a new area in a place called Galax, Virginia, of all names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, I started it with with one partner, and then another one came in, and I think his name was Wolf Graham. He was a... a bigger uh kind of a tongan mm-hmm. uh type of a guy um and i told him what i wanted to do and he's like i'm i'm just gonna stay here i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> okay i'm just gonna keep my lip yeah. zipped and and pretend it never happened i'm like okay i said i, I feel like i gotta do this and i did <laughs> i'll be back <laughs> he picked me up from the airport uh i will say uh, as a side note i had figured out we had we didn't have bikes we had cars and i figured out with both types of cars we had a a, a chevy cavalier and we had a ford escort wagon mm-hmm and on each one, I figured out how to disable the odometer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Got to keep track of the miles, right? Exactly. Right. So you, anybody who's gone on a mission knows that if you drive a car, you have to track keep track the of the, the miles. And you can only drive a certain amount of miles. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not when you disconnect the odometer. <laughs> now the possibilities are endless. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one of the ways that I <laughs> circumvented the establishment, right. so to speak. Hmm. Okay. I just always wondered that, especially after I served a mission. I'm just like, 
how 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 did you do that but makes sense yeah i had help i had help from the outside <laughs> right <laughs> my mechanical abilities <laughs> help me on the inside i guess it's like you know i i hate to use the analogy of a prisoner but you know you you make use of what resources you have yeah you know? yeah. yeah get what you want i mean that, exactly. that's what it is yeah, yeah get things smuggled in and out i'm sure it's completely different now i mean we didn't have cell phones there were no cell phones yeah. back then yeah. um you could only make phone calls like twice a year mm -hmm. um, mother's day and christmas yep yeah i did some i did some bad i did some bad things i think at the time atms were sort of rudimentary mm -hmm. yeah and they they'd given us accounts and they would put money in the accounts um just for living expenses and whatnot i don't think we had to pay our own rent yeah right yeah, but yeah, yeah i i realized that you could actually you know you would take one of those deposit envelopes and put it into the atm without any money in it and then turn around and take the money out wow <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh my God. So I, I guess I did uh, break the law uh, by, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to pay this back later somehow, right? but it never, right. it never got paid. Sure, back. sure, sure. And it wasn't huge amounts of money. I mean, I'm talking maybe $200 in total, mm -hmm. Yeah. but uh, when you needed chips <laughs> sure. or something to eat yeah you know you oh, do yeah. what you gotta do <laughs> <laughs> oh man and 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 to the opposite end of that the the extent that i felt so guilty about is my companion and i once just bypassed everything to play monopoly with a couple friends right. for all day yeah and that and i felt so guilty about that really i mean that's that was the extent for the most part <laughs> that was that was the worst it got that for was you. the worst well no but that was as far as with a companion yes well i have to say that because <laughs> i got away with that and there were rumors out in the out in the mission there were people that would come up to me and go man i heard about you and like, i don't know what you're talking about um but i i in in my very last area got with kind of a brand new guy and he was he was just he was completely uh you know he wasn't there for i guess you could say the right reasons yeah 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 uh didn't really want to be there i was pretty much checked out this was a couple of months before i was due to come home mm -hmm. where i got the bright idea or i think he got the bright idea you ought to bring her out here <laughs> So I got in touch with my financier, <laughs> the person on the outside, and she was, why she agreed to this, I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, she flew out and she spent almost a week with us. Wow. I didn't realize it was a week. Staying in the, and we had local members that were in on it it was fairly a brand new area but it's like a whole ring of oh, yeah, people yeah. that's funny I had 
I had contacts and they were <laughs> helping us out. You know, they would take us to the local, uh, you know, sightseeing, and, mm-hmm. and it was it was an extremely. This was back in West Virginia, but it was an extremely uh, remote area, and I can't remember what the name of the city was, but um, yeah, after she went home. I sort of decided that, you know, this is kind of a lost cause. Yeah. And I'm really not doing anybody any favors. And it wasn't really guilt, but it was sort of a, I sort of resigned to the fact that it was pretty much over at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I need to come clean. (laughs) Right. So I actually called the mission president and ratted myself out. Yeah. basically picked up the phone and said hey you're not going to believe this but <laughs> you know a few months ago this happened and then this other thing happened and um while 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 my girlfriend was out there with me <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> i had arranged for my companion to kind of hang out with one of the recent converts yeah so he had his, see, so he had a little uh, girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess they took their relationship a, a step further. Um, so he had some things that he had to, to admit. Um, and, the, and the mission president was just, was just beside himself. He was just speechless. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't really do anything about this. I get, this was like a Sunday he said, I really can't do anything about this until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So come back here on Wednesday. I said, well, what are we going to do in the meantime? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, just carry on as usual. So we went and saw Jurassic Park. Because <laughs> that's the usual. It's the usual. That's what I was, you know. I mean, at that point, we were just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun tanning on the roof and, uh, you know. <laughs> It was just a complete lost cause at that point. So I basically sent myself home. Right. And I had only had probably two and a half months to go. Right. But as they say, it is what it is. (laughs) I do remember, now that you say that, one of the earliest conversations I had with you after you came back, I was talking to you about Jurassic Park. And you kind of off to the side told me, I've already seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it came out in May and I came home in June. So it was, it was brand new Mm -hmm. theaters. Wow. Right, right, right. Um, So you had mentioned uh, within that, that story that you'd always been kind of mechanically inclined, which is something I've always known and, and remembered about you you always had a this thing of taking things apart putting things back together wanting to know how things work when and where did that start do you remember i think it's always been there really um one of the earliest memories i have is mom i don't know if it was christmas or or what but i i got a, a remote control car mm-hmm. and i disassembled it <laughs> And she came in and she's like, what are you, wh- why did you take this apart? <laughs> she can't, she couldn't understand. I said, well, I wanted to, 
to mm-hmm. see how it worked. Yeah, right. right. You know, how 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 does this car receive you know these instructions <laughs> to go forward and backward? It was baffling to me. So I took it apart, <laughs> and she couldn't understand. You know why I would do that? It's one of my perfectly good working toys. But it was just second nature to me. I just felt like, you know, that's where, that's how my mind is wired. And it's still that way. Right. It's still, um, even in my careers, is is trying to figure out how things work and fix them when they're broken. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm part of my duties are uh, maintenance on the canning equipment at work. Mm-hmm. and there's really no school that you can go to to learn how these things work, and so it's just uh, hands-on. Mm-hmm. You just figure it out. Yep. You just got to do it, so you figure yeah. it out. And some people are predisposed to be able to do that, and some people it's just a complete, you know, they have no desire. Right. It's like it works, and I know it works, and that's as good as it gets for me. I don't need to know what's under the under the hood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're talking to that person right now. Yeah, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I know mom was mom was so upset when you moved because she's like, I've lost, I've lost my plumber, I've lost my HVAC guy, I've lost. <laughs> what what's gonna happen if something breaks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, thanks, 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 mom. Makes me plumbing, feel good. Plumbing is my nemesis <laughs> because um, I'm as as much as I like you know doing that sort of thing. You know, I had I've got a pretty good background in uh, construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we go back to when I was fourteen. I did work for our uncle Alan. Mm, okay. Uh, building houses. Wow! Oh goodness! So I was a helper with him for yeah. a while building houses so it, it's that started pretty young um but one of my earliest jobs after i got married was uh heating and air conditioning i was in that uh line of work mm-hmm. for about 12 years and so there was a lot of uh you know you got you got to know a lot of construction uh techniques because you're you're building the system as the house is being built yeah um you know i i remember i worked in kind of the same field but i worked on the opposite end where i was selling the parts to these guys as they would come in and man they'd come back sometimes two or three times a day be like i gotta get this part this part this part because they gotta you know figure out how to feed all this through the house and yeah there's quite a science to it especially when you when you're talking about air distribution mm-hmm. and, and things like that but uh plumbing is not one of my strong suits <laughs> <laughs> and the plumbing in this particular house is shoddy at best <laughs> and there's there's a thing called electrolysis which is if you put copper against another metal it slowly erodes the copper mm. Okay. And what happens is the copper copper pipe in this home was next to a, a piece of uh, galvanized. It's it's actually um, right over right over by the stairs. There, there's a, a vent, a heating vent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 
Um, that's where the main plumbing line comes in, and it's it lives right next to that uh, air pipe. Mm, yeah. And those two were touching for years and years and years, and it just dissolved the plumbing oh, from wow. the inside out. So wow. the plumbing was like paper thin. The copper piping is paper thin, so it would develop these little pinholes. Mm-hmm. And she would call me like every other week. <laughs> <laughs> I got another leak. Oh no! <laughs> and, it, and, and it's a it, and you have to drain the the water out of the system, and it's the the whole house. So so. Uh, yeah, it, it it's just a fight. It's just <laughs> right, a fight from start right. to So let's go back. I want to go back just a little bit here. Um, once you moved from the Hunter Apartments, from the Van Buren house into this house that we're at now, um, what is one of the earliest recollections you have about living in this general area? Because you were one of the earliest people in this neighborhood at all you know this far up the mountain i guess yeah. as it were um what do you what do you reckon what do you remember from that time frame because we're talking 1977 1978 mm-hmm. around yeah. that time well um the street in front here to the east was paved only so far right Probably up to, let's see, we're, mom's, mom's house is the second house on the north side of the street mm-hmm. from that corner that we were talking about. Um, so from her house, another three houses up was probably the end of the, the street. Mm, and then you just, just hit. gravel, dirt from yeah. that point up. So there was no neighborhood right that way right there was no hill uh the road that comes down Mm. to to the canyon road that was one of my earliest memories um so you're pretty much just up in the mountains you were in the foothills at the time yeah yeah Yeah. there were there were a couple of older kids that lived uh up here behind us and um it come down and take us on adventures up in mm-hmm. the up in the foothills <laughs> which again blows my mind that you know your parents would let you do that she had actually got worried at one point uh i think there was a fire up there a grass fire mm-hmm. and we had gone up to to take a look at that <laughs> sure <laughs> why not why not the mountains on fire you Here go look i am a six-year-old i've got 10 and 12 year olds taking me up into the foothills starting to get dark mom's starting to get worried yeah i was getting worried um so yeah that that's that was one of my earliest memories um i know when we first moved in i couldn't find the bathroom in the middle of the night so i end up peeing in Cher's toy box apparently (laughs) (laughs) it was almost like a a bench seat that had a lid Mm -hmm. and the toys were inside that so i mean it made sense there you go there was a there's a lid lid that you lift up (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that happened (laughs) Um, so you had only been six or seven years old right around this time 
yeah, I think I was six when when we moved here. Yeah. And I was only here for, it's funny to think about, but I was only here for 13 years. Right. Right. Yeah. It seemed like an eternity, you know? It seems like there's so many memories smashed into that relatively small time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, from age six to age 19. Okay, um, let's talk about it. Since we're talking about your memories here, uh, I guess we should talk about Dad. Um, yes. You, <laughs> do that. you were kind of the first one to kind of fall out with him before any of us, really. Um, so, I mean... What was it that I built up to that? Was it just year after year? Was it one particular thing? I mean, what, what was it? Uh, it was all the above. All the above? Um, growing up with him, like, like we discussed before we came on the air, was uh, not a lot of memories about him being around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when he was around, he just was not a happy individual. Right. Right. Rarely in a good mood. Usually his good mood stemmed from either we were heading to a vacation or, uh, we were heading over to his parents' house, which we did every week, every other week. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we would go over there quite a bit. And I know you guys had talked about that on a previous episode mm-hmm. right. where all the guys would stand in the kitchen <laughs> and the, the smoking and the drinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a very different uh, atmosphere in that house as opposed to our other grandparents. So for me, it was like, the light side and the dark side right. of the force. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I did, there was, was an element that I enjoyed. I mean, I just, I feared Randy, Uncle Randy, yeah. but I idolized him at the same time. <laughs> and I will say that growing up and all the time that we spent either fishing or camping or pheasant hunting, he taught me the most. Really? Yeah. He took the time to show me how to tie a knot. And I, I, I don't feel like dad was e- either interested in teaching me or really capable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we have spent a lot of time fishing, he and I, uh, with or without other people. And it just turns into a comedy of errors <laughs> because he doesn't take care of his equipment. He doesn't right. take care of his fishing line. And the first cast will come out as, as a rat's nest <laughs> because this, this fishing line holds its, holds its shape when it's all coiled mm-hmm. up for the yeah. past three years. Mm-hmm. And he decides, okay, let's go fishing. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have one memory where uh, we we went fishing, and it, I believe it was his brother-in-law. 
who had one of the, those float tubes. Okay. It's basically like an inner tube mm-hmm. with a with a wetsuit yeah. right, attached right, to it. Right. He decided to go out on this and I knew I knew the train wreck was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on shore and I was watching this with great anticipation <laughs> because I knew what was what was coming. And he got in this thing and you're I mean, you're chest level in the water. Mm-hmm. So you're I I did get in it and and it's not an ideal way to fish mm-hmm. because everything is like up above your shoulders and you're looking at the water line and it's very uh unsettling and sure enough he he paddles his way out to the middle of the lake <laughs> and makes a couple of casts and then you can see the rat's nest develop <laughs> so he starts fidgeting and messing with trying to fix this rat rat nest well he he ends up the current ends up taking him <laughs> he's not paying attention to where he's going so the current ends up taking him into some shrubbery <laughs> off to the side like maybe i don't know 800 yards he 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 wasn't able to uh I, I think he spent like three or four hours trying to get untangled out of this out of this mess, and this was par for the course. Right, right. Every time, um, I have memories of uh, we would go to the horse races, mm-hmm. and for me, the atten- the entertainment was not only the horses, but the meltdown. <laughs> It was like it was like playing the same movie over and over again yeah. because the same thing would happen. He would invite me to go. His current wife, as I call her, uh, would issue him uh, an allowance of probably forty bucks, mm-hmm. fifty yes. bucks, if it was a good week, <laughs> and that's all he would be allowed to spend. Yeah, and that was entrance fee and uh any food mm-hmm. and all this this betting uh now he's a he's a gambler um not a successful gambler <laughs> um but he he loves he loves the idea of um getting rich quick right yes. right and that's been his mo his whole life yeah um, and he expects it that's one of the things he expects yes. yeah. to win. Yeah. It's funny that the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again, <laughs> expecting a different outcome. <laughs> but he would literally do, this, do the same thing. And so the racetrack is located in Wyoming, which is about an hour and a half from here. Um, and all the way up there, it's excitement. <laughs> right. And... I would tolerate it because, um, A, he was in a good mood, which Mm -hmm. I knew wasn't going to last very long, and um, you really can't get a word in edgewise because he just is continuously talking. Yeah. He's telling you things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's talking about people that you've already heard about in his life. (laughs) He's talking about... The same stories you've heard with those people. Yes. Yeah. Other, right. 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 Other relationships. 
um, that he may or may not have been involved in <laughs> right, right. while he was <laughs> married to my my mother. Uh, so yeah, you had to take a lot of this stuff with with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Um, but I I learned to the older I got was easier because. I was married and divorced and yeah. could relate on that level. So it wasn't just a child listening to his father's BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, okay, I, I, I at least understand where, where he's coming from in this, in this small part of the scenario. Um, so we'd get there, he'd pay you know, the $7 to get in. We sat in the same place, up in the grandstand at the very back. Uh, next to the betting window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and when you place bets on these horses, I don't know if you guys have been there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I've been there. I've never been yeah. there. You, you get this, there's, there's at least 10, maybe 12 races. Mm-hmm. And each race will last maybe, you know, 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. They're very quick. Maybe a couple of minutes if it's a long race. Mm-hmm. And then there's a good 20 to 30 minutes of, downtime in between Mm -hmm. and you're you're given a a, or you have to purchase a program which is essentially a description of the horse it gives you all kinds of information past performances the last three races how it did how many lengths it won Mm -hmm. how many lengths behind the winner all this all this stuff yeah and he would meticulously (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go through this program and take notes and okay i've I've got this plan now what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make you know two bets a race each bet was two bucks mm-hmm. and that and he so he would outline his his budget for the for the afternoon mm-hmm. and you gotta realize that 10 races this is like a five hour e- event right start right. to finish so he had to make this money last. Well, his budgeting strategy would hold up for about one race. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second race was always the same. He'd make his initial bet, and then the horses would come marching out, and they'd always parade the horses in front of you before they'd go make their way to the, to the gates. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at the horses. He's looking at the program. <laughs> He's thinking. And see the wheels are, are turning. And then he'd sit there real still and just kind of stare into the void. <laughs> I'm not joking. This happened every time. Yeah. And then he would get up and go to the window again. And I'm just chuckling. <laughs> um, he wouldn't drink. Uh, I... I was drinking at the time, so I would have something to kind of loosen me up, and it was just funny to me. I, I, because I, I, I knew what was coming. Yeah, you know, and he is so impulsive. He is very impulsive, and he has no willpower whatsoever. <laughs> he cannot control his emotions, mm-hmm. and he cannot control his. Uh, finances mm-hmm. he's just a horrible person when it comes to money um and budgeting it just does not happen with this person um so he would make another bet 
And he'd say, oh, yeah, okay. And he would justify it to me. Like, of course. A good reason for this. <laughs> of course. But I, I have a good feeling it's going to pay off. It didn't pay off. <laughs> so he would go farther down the rabbit hole and race after race. And so about halfway into the race, he would basically run out of money. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right, right, right. And... That's when he would change into what I call the incredible sulk. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys know the the look mm -hmm, and yes. yep. you know the the slumped over and the frown mm -hmm. and that's who I got the rest of the trip. And it happened every single time. Every time. Yeah. Uh on the way up there it was it was excitement and you know bragging and and all this other stuff and then all the way back it was uh complaining and i would just think you know you you create your your own mess mm -hmm. here, yeah and you're just swimming in it right you're, you're not you're not doing anything to to change it or, or to make it better he, he he's just a, a a person who is highly highly self-absorbed Mm -hmm. um to the point that other people's feelings uh don't really matter right one of one of my earliest memories with him is down here where the tv was in that corner and um i was watching some cartoon saturday morning and one of the rare times that he was in the house uh he he came down and was was sitting in the chair behind me. He would just sit down, wouldn't say anything, <laughs> did not acknowledge that I was in the room. And after about I don't know maybe two minutes, got up and changed the channel, and then went back and sat down. <laughs> not a word. Right. Not a word. Right. Um. Just took it over regardless yeah. of what you thought or what you were already involved in, and exactly because that's what he wanted. Like I didn't even exist, and um. That was our early, early relationship. Um, I think he got married because he felt like it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but he is completely incapable of uh, fatherhood. Mm. Right. He just has no clue. Now, I don't know if things changed, you know, his second go around. Obviously, there was something different because he wasn't, they didn't allow him to bully them yeah. the way he did us um, because we're all relatively uh, passive, but I don't think she or uh, his other two boys um, put up with it or had to put up with mm -hmm. it for whatever reason i don't really understand what the difference is but i just know that when i was born i feel like he knew that was a mistake right he knew that having kids was a mistake and instead of trying to step up to the plate he stepped away from it right and then he pretended to be the you know the the father figure and the, the the head of the family and also wanted to have you know a different a different life mm -hmm. and go a different route and um 
he lived with that conflict and it just made him miserable. He's, mm -hmm. just, he's just a miserable human being in general. He definitely seemed to revel, if there was any, um, revel in being the dictator. He, yeah. he wanted to keep that power over everyone that was in this house, which is why at dinner time we sat in silence because he felt he had control of that situation. There was no smiling. There was no laughing. There was talking if he initiated it. Yeah. But other than that, you sat in the same spot. You ate your food. <laughs> if you watch TV, it was what he wanted. Yeah. And uh, then you were dismissed. Yeah. You know? Which is why mom put the TV there, was to distract him. She mm -hmm. told me at one, at one point. She, she brought in the TV because um, he would just sit there and watch. Mm -hmm. He yes. would just sit there and wait for us to, to mess up. Chew loudly or chew with your mouth open or... Yeah. Or blink too much, or who knows it's what it was. Insane, insane to me. There's the uh, the family story <laughs> where I went to lean <laughs> on the table oh, yes. and missed it entirely. Mm -hmm. I just went to lean down because I was probably faking that I was full and I just wanted to get out of the table. So I went to lean down. I was tired and missed and fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to laugh, <laughs> but he shot you that look. Yeah, you were talking about like, don't you? dare yeah. make a sound and then you know made me out to be the idiot and you know yeah yeah <laughs> your your mo was was to <laughs> escape the dinner table uh you just weren't interested in eating i think in, in general <laughs> at least under those circumstances which i can't blame you so it was always <sighs> the sigh and the, and the head on the hand and at that one point he just missed <laughs> elbow missed the table right <sighs> and he just went over <laughs> and we all just you know tears are coming up the corner of your eyes because you're trying not to laugh and it's really it's really sad that you know that 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 it had to be that way yeah, uh, it's really sad that he just projected his own his own misery onto everybody else, and he loved to he loved the power over us as women and children, but he completely lacked it when yeah. it came to coworkers. Oh yeah, and other, yeah, yeah. other people, yeah. and that's the the thing that would just just rake my nerves with him um and the hypocrisy and the lying and the do as i say not as i do and i, I think that's where a lot of my difficulties mm. with uh, authority come in um but going back to your question about what was the tipping point yeah um it was when emily it was Emily's first marriage. It was Emily's first wedding. Mm -hmm. Actually, before that, when she became pregnant, um, he said some things to her mm. that I thought were extremely... Inappropriate, to yeah, say the least? Inappropriate and not uh, really in any of his business. Right, uh, right, right. And talk about hypocrisy. I mean, you want to talk morality oh, yeah. to sure. my daughter? sure. 
with with the way that you've conducted yourself i mean it's just it was just insane that he had the nerve to say anything um and so their relationship took a, a downturn and over the the course of a little while he and and bernice tried to try to mend that up mm -hmm. and they really put pressure on me and her when she did announce the wedding mm -hmm. to invite him to the wedding um basically both of them and um they just wouldn't uh let it go i mean every time every time i saw them it was you know we really want to go we do what you can to get her to to invite us right right uh so i did and she relented and he was invited and bernice ended up not coming right it was just uh him and cameron and textbook ron wood style he stood over in the corner away from everybody mm -hmm. and sort of expected all of us to you know come interact. to him right over and interact. right which is kind of how he's done his his whole life is you know everybody should should come to him for whatever reason um and nothing really happened at the wedding but it was more afterwards um and i the real kicker the real kicker for me was when cameron got married and none of us right were invited yep. including emily and i think it stemmed from whatever conversation they had on the way home yeah from emily's wedding like see how they Nobody yeah, they talked to me. me. Nobody. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. self pity. Right, the, right, right. And that sort of thing. And that's what put me over the edge. Right. With him. Yeah, I, I can see that. And a lot of my issues that, that, that would come up later was trying to all of a sudden, trying to be the parent now that we've grown up now that we have our own lives now right. that we're so it that's what bothered me it's like now you want to try now you're you know trying to reach out like i'm sorry but we don't we don't need it anymore right and that's what really bothered me oh yeah i kind of came to that same conclusion is you had your chance yeah you exactly really, you really had your chance for many many years and didn't take the opportunity and now that you sort of got out of that sticky situation, mm -hmm. which was your first marriage that didn't quite go the way you wanted it to go. Now you're in a better place yeah. in your mind. Um, now let's all try to be one big happy yes. group under, under his leadership, so to speak. Yes. And, and yeah, that, that rubs me the wrong way also, because you can't just, you can't just, hang out with him mm -mm. you ever notice that yeah it's just it's awkward and it's almost like a a co-worker type yes. relationship yes yes um he never asks in any serious way how you are doing how mm -hmm. do you feel um and it's always always been like that yeah and then it's always gloating like when father's day would roll around 
and we all showed up and took a picture at, at grandma's house mm-hmm. and he's in the middle of all these people and and it's and and the gloating and the you know look how look how great i am right. look at this this group look what that i've I accomplished created. yeah it yeah is, yeah and it, it's just so uh i guess frustrating right because you want to tell him look this is this happened in spite of you this didn't happen because of you yeah uh this didn't happen because of of your good decision right your leadership yes yeah and then if you didn't show up on father's day it was the sulking Mm -hmm. the self-pity and the you know look how people treat me Mm -hmm. um bipolar i guess i mean you know it's either the the highs or the lows but it always it always um surrounds him he's always the the center of uh you know it's it's always about him it's not right. about anybody else and i had just had enough right i had just had enough i can excuse the you know since being married and being divorced I can excuse the marital issues. Fidelity, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what I can't excuse is the lack of uh, accountability. Right. He's never admitted. I mean, he has admitted privately to me in so many words. Yeah. But he he doesn't own his BS. And that's what drives me mm-hmm. crazy is none of us are perfect, but you're trying to hide this, this thing that you can't possibly hide <laughs> right. because it's <laughs> right. <laughs> so ingrained in your, in your very fabric. There's no hiding it, Right. but he'll deny it all the way till he hits the dirt. He'll, he'll deny it. Yeah. Uh, he wants the, the quick and easy way. Um, he wanted to be, a. uh, I, th- I, I think he said at one point he was going to be a millionaire by the age of 23 <laughs> and that was going to happen due to, uh, a bowling. He was going to be a bowling champion mm. or a golfing champion, Sure, but he doesn't put the work into it. No. Yeah. And <clears throat> I feel like some of that has filtered down into us. Uh, I feel like we we all have. I know for for myself specifically, you know, I can play the guitar to a certain level. Right? Yeah, but beyond that, I just I I I guess I choose not to mm-hmm. because I'm too lazy to practice. <laughs> right, I blame him. Right, and. <laughs> I think that's where I think that's where I get it is is he just he he would not uh receive any sort of coaching or he did not have a plan on how he was going to execute this millionaire mm-hmm. scheme. Um uh, it was just he wanted it and that's all the farther that it got. Right, right. And it was poor me that this didn't happen. Uh, for whatever reason, he would blame, you know, anything and everything else. Uh, 
but it was never his fault. Nothing was ever his fault. Right. And then it turned into, you know, I'm going to win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. And, so, yeah. and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the coworker scenario because we were dad and I coworkers for the better part of seven and a half years. Right. Worked out of the same building. And that relationship was probably the closest I ever got to the man, but it never extended beyond the coworker relationship. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of the fallout came right when you're talking about Cameron's wedding. And cause he came to me and he said, well, Cameron said out, remember when we were all at the wedding? I'm like, I wasn't at that wedding. Hey, where Cameron invited you? I'm like, no, no, no he didn't. He didn't invite any of us. And he had this shocked look on his face. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. And so that began pretty much the beginning of the end between us right mm. then and there. Cause in his mind, it was still like you were saying, he's, he's developed this or imagined this great scenario that we were all together there at this mm-hmm. wedding and under his umbrella of fatherhood. And yep. it's like, well, take a look at the pictures. Yeah. Right. Did you see any of us? apart from your other two kids that were there. And he looked at me stunned, full on stunned. Like this was earth shattering news Mm -hmm. to him. And then I laid into him about the idea that every time you show up, you talk about one individual and one individual. (laughs) Yep. And at that time I had been married. You know, we started the foster care thing. We did the adoption. Not once. Did he ask about any of that? Like you were saying, he wanted to focus on him and the success that Cameron was having. And, and he took that as his own success. Yep. Right. And so that's what he wanted to share. And it doesn't matter what you were doing or any of that. It's like, nope, you take a back seat because what I'm doing is much more important to me. So now, didn't you say at one point that. (laughs) Even other coworkers didn't even know he had more than one son. Exactly. He and it wasn't you that they knew about, right? Right. When, <laughs> when I Cameron. yeah, when I started working there, I actually had people come up to me and say, "How do you know Ron?" I'm like, "He's my dad." Are you Cameron? No. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. then I went into this whole thing about the first marriage. And it just shocked these people. They're like, what? It's like, he never talks about any of these other kids. Even his other son from the second marriage. Never mentioned. Chaser. Chaser. (laughs) Chasey, chasey, cookie face. Never uh, (laughs) made it into the conversation. Mm. And so, yeah, they were stunned. Shocked and stunned. (laughs) <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. And it's it right it's pretty sad, you know, uh, because it didn't have to be that way. Even if you, even if you do uh, end up getting divorced, yeah. uh, you know, and and I myself was divorced and never remarried, but I swore up and down that I wasn't going to have that same relationship with with my daughter. First of all. I only, I purposely only had one child right. because I felt like that's all that I personally could, yeah, could handle. Sure. And 
again, I didn't want to be in that same situation that, that, that he was in. So I'd always talked about, you know, having zero to one kids. That was my, <laughs> was my goal. And to have one kid was my compromise. And uh, I, think, I think I made the right uh, decision because I, for me, and I know it's, it's probably not true, but for me, I couldn't imagine being able to d- distribute the same amount of love to each mm. child. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So for me, it was one and done. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, I'm proud of the person that, that she's become. And, um, you know, she's actually gone the other way and she's had four kids mm-hmm. and she's done an amazing job with them. But I, I did, you know, I made it a point to, uh, to be there every other weekend when, whenever I could. Right. Now her mother made that extraordinarily difficult right. for me because she would change the times and the places and the locations and, and, it was it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was a very brutal. But even through that, we still could, you know, communicate, and we could still sit in the same room. And yeah. I thought that was important that we could be able to uh, be civil to each other yeah. around our around our daughter. Right. And it's funny because she just admitted yesterday that. Um, she thought that was weird. She said, "Really, one of her memories was when she was living with her mom and and her grandma in Woods Cross. I came over to pick her up mm-hmm. instead of taking her and leaving right away. And she also has a, a sister, right? Right. Uh, from a, a, another another father. Um, we all sat there and watched." spongebob for a little while (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she just thought that was weird (laughs) she said she appreciates it now but at the time she thought right this is 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 awkward (laughs) (laughs) i I was hoping that it would be the opposite you know but uh it's it's interesting to get people's uh perspectives on sort of the same events or the same uh Things that you know that, right. that have happened. Yeah. Uh, so that was a surprise to me that, that she thought that was weird. And along those lines, of the same perspective, um, just kind of rounding out the dad situation because we spoke with uh, mom about it. We spoke with Cher about it. So I want to ask you, what do you remember about? Well, I guess we would call D Day, um, St. Patrick's oh, yeah. Day of 1986 <laughs> or 1987. When he sat us down and broke the news, how do you remember it going down? I don't remember any of what you guys talked about. Really? Yeah. I don't remember mom not being there. I remember her being there. Hmm. Um, I remember her being the only one that was not emotional. And and that was surprising to me because I thought of all the people that, that I would think would be crying would be her. But 
I remember her not crying. Really? Interesting. And I also remember, I felt, for me, I felt, I felt angry, but I also felt relief. Right. Because now that, now that burden, that weight, that dark cloud that has been over this house for X amount of years is gone, mm -hmm. is out. Uh, so the it living, was a relief for me. The living gloom that was named Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible salt. <laughs> And wreak <laughs> havoc somewhere else. <laughs> so he moved back in with, with his mother for a while and uh, tried to do the every other weekend thing. And it just it was just half-assed. Oh, yeah. Uh, How long after did you quit even trying? Because you were 14 at the time, 13, 14. Um, did you just say, I'm not going? I'm because I never remember, <laughs> mm -mm. maybe briefly, because I think at one night, you and I were playing his Nintendo for some, I don't remember what game it was, but on the air mattresses, and there we were, <laughs> I only have that one memory of you ever being there out of that townhouse in North Ogden. I didn't, I didn't participate in those. Right. Um. Uh, because I was a teenager. I really didn't go over there until after. Really? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was after I, you know, got married or got divorced. I mean, that's, that's when I really remember any sort of, uh, effort to go over there and visit was maybe once every three, six, nine months or so. Yeah. Um, we just stopped by one afternoon. Sometimes he would come to my place when I was down at the uh, the condo down there. Uh, I am kind of curious. Um, with the whole, the, the racetrack, the fishing, you know, the stopping by, was there a, an attempt that you had initiated to try to start to build a new relationship <laughs> with him after the fact? Because it seems like you, for a minute yeah. there, you really tried to build something well i i tried to i tried to resign myself to this is who he is mm -hmm. yeah and let's just try to focus on the commonalities yeah uh the things that we can sort of enjoy together um but it really didn't. Uh, it really didn't extend beyond that. I mean, it's when I look back, it seems like we 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 spent a lot of time together doing those sort of things. Um, there was also a uh, poker game that his coworkers would mm -hmm. put on about every three months, and. Right. I don't think any of these ideas came from him. I think they came from Bernice. And I almost feel like she goaded him into doing this. Mm -hmm. Maybe out of a sense of her own guilt. Yes. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I just, that's kind of my take on what would motivate her. But I just feel like he wasn't really the instigator <laughs> of this. <laughs> Because when we would go, it would be the same thing. 
Yeah. It, we would play a poker tournament and he would bust out. <laughs> right. Because he has no good fortune whatsoever. <laughs> um, and he, he wouldn't drink. Everybody right. else was drinking. Yeah. Um, myself included. Uh, and, it, and I could see it was just torture for him, <laughs> but he would, he would still do it yeah. because he didn't want to be the, he didn't want to be perceived as a wet blanket, but yet he was, right. he was laying on the couch, <laughs> like a wet blanket, laying on the couch, but you know, over in the corner. Yeah. Um, and we'd go to, we went to Wendover once and the same thing happened. You know, he's, he's. He's one that wants the extreme, the, the, the path of the least resistance. Oh, yeah. Especially when it comes to gambling or winning mm -hmm. money. I'm not like that. Right. He likes to play like slot machines and video poker. Video poker. I cannot yeah. stand slot machines. When, when I go, I would play... The table games, right, which takes a level of skill. If you study blackjack, if you study even craps, even though it's a more of a game of chance, there are certain times in the game where the odds favor you, or at least are even with you mm -hmm. in the house. Um, and poker, I I discovered poker while I was out there in uh, Wendover, and and played a lot of that. I don't know if you want to. Uh, talk about that later on. Um, but those are the kinds of games that, that I would play. And, and he would just go drop coins in the mm. slot machine until they were gone. Right. And he would just sit there, you know, and I'm playing craps and we're on a good run. And I'm like, you got to get in on this. I remember telling him, <laughs> get in on this. This is, you know, we're, we're winning money left and right. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it it always ended that way yeah and i think there were times early in the marriage when he would when he would be uh i guess he was in the national guard mm -hmm. why was he in the national <laughs> I, guard i don't know i don't know how that transpired <laughs> i don't even know what his role in the national guard was what it was it was uh -oh. interrogation. <laughs> what? Ironically enough. <laughs> what? Because he spoke, what was it, Dutch or whatever yes, from his I think mission? so. Yeah. Yes. So that was his, that was his role. <laughs> interrogation. Wow. Which is funny because it was right around the time of the Vietnam War, so would have would have not benefited any, anybody. Yeah. To have yeah. And, and he got out of it. When it looked like he would he would be deployed, yeah. mm -hmm. he bailed. He oh, bailed. Wow. But when he was when he was involved early on in the marriage, no, I he couldn't have bailed because the Vietnam War was in the mid sixties. Yes. And he was married in sixty nine. Sixty nine, yeah. And seventy and seventy one. So he was I remember him still being in the National Guard when when I was alive, so he couldn't have been the couldn't have been uh, because of the Vietnam that he got out. Yeah. It had to have been something else. Um, 
but uh yeah that was that was his uh that was his role and 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 when they would deploy on weekends they just go to some other base I mean, mm-hmm. when you're in the reserves you're really not doing much <laughs> right in right. terms of national defense <laughs> and they would go to they would go to casinos and i guess he would he would blow his entire uh paycheck that he got and this is early on in the marriage. yeah 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 and this is kind of where the the rumor of the infamous curse came about mm. is that mom put a curse on him not not like which style sitting in front of crystals kind of. yeah, yeah, yeah. this kind of thing and you know calling upon dark forces <laughs> but she told him you're never gonna win at gambling <laughs> and never did she nailed it <laughs> she nailed it all those years never stopped him from trying yep uh he blew he blew all kinds of money uh but it was always the easy way out it was never entertainment for him yeah for me it was entertainment sure i i yes. i knew the amount of money that i could spend and lose and i was primarily single at the time right um so if I got, if, if I lost, you know, my paycheck, if, uh, you know, if I got too drunk to drive home and had to stay overnight, it was all on me. Right. And nobody else was suffering. Sure. Because I was, I was by myself. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, dabble in that, in that darker <laughs> lifestyle <laughs> after the whole mission thing yeah, yeah marriage yeah. failed yeah and oh yeah I thought, that oh, i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, i know how that how is the, too see how the other half live for yeah. a while um but yeah i've long since uh stopped drinking uh altogether um i i have a memory of of coming home one day i guess i had discovered chewing tobacco mm-hmm I did that for about six years. Yep. Yes. And I came home and I made the announcement. <laughs> and I guess it wrecked him. <laughs> I don't remember because that. Because he ran off into his room. Really? <laughs> he was upset by it. I just came in and I'm like, well, I, I, I'm going to start chewing tobacco. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he took it poorly. And I My melted mom down, just, I guess. Mom just kind of looked at me like, oh. Here we go. Something else. (laughs) That disapproving mom look. Yep. That we all know so well. Yep. (laughs) That lasted for about six years, and I actually quit because of the price, believe it or not. And it's funny, I still have, I still have nightmares about about it. Yeah. Um, Where I've got so much in my mouth that I can't close my mouth, (sighs) and it's burning. Yeah. And my throat's dry. It's just it's just a horrible just a horrible <laughs> You still don't get like cravings or anything, do you? For that? No. Okay. No. In fact the smell just uh is completely off putting. Right. Uh, same with alcohol. Um I I take some I take some antidepressants and some medications that don't mix well with alcohol mm-hmm. and so there's no there's no good times anymore. It just goes straight to feeling <laughs> right. sick. Right, right, right. <laughs> so almost out of necessity. It's not like I'm opposed to 
having a social drink, uh, I just I just can't do just it. Just can't. Yeah. And it's ironic because I work at a brewery, <laughs> and everybody else, you know, gets to, you know, taste the new varieties, mm-hmm. and and they just sort of leave me out of it because, yeah, the old man can't do it. <laughs> right, can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I saw they made a uh, vanilla bean style. I'm like, mm, that's, yes, that sounds. That's one of our core me. flavors, and it's probably the most popular. Um, very good. Very <laughs> That's good. why I asked you, like through uh, text, I'm like, can you just ship to Utah? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's laws. <laughs> but, yeah. I, yeah, I I probably could, but it's it's not a it's it's not legal. Yeah, and not to mention my wife wouldn't prove yeah probably not so <laughs> but it's very good especially if you i mean i i'm partial to uh sweet tasting drinks mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of people that enjoy beer i never have ever yeah never taken a liking to beer yeah and um with cider you get you get a sweetness mm-hmm. and with the vanilla it's it's one of the sweeter we, ha- we have a honey pear we have a watermelon uh blackberry all these great, wow. great flavors that that they taste pretty good. I mean, I could see where you could really fall off the wagon and get <laughs> run over by it. Um, but yeah, life doesn't allow me to participate in that anymore, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, yeah. I think I'm been there and done that. And, run that course. Yep. There you go. Well, um, are we doing a part three? We should, because there are there's something else I want to. There's a few things I want to go. Okay, I told you it would. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna there, run long. Yeah, there are things that 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 I want to know about and talk about that we haven't even broached okay. yet. All right. <laughs> well, then let's let's end this episode. Um, thanks for listening. If you did, remember if you do like it, like the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, go to the Facebook page, leave a comment. Yes. We appreciate that. We appreciate reading and seeing what everybody thinks. Yep. Um, And make sure to tune in next week to hear the Brothers Ramble about another topic. See you. See you.